budgeting, cash flow, and investing don't have to be scary words. The We Talk Sense podcast is here to help you learn more about money and take control of your personal finances. The We Talk Sense podcast is not a financial advisor. This podcast is made for entertainment and educational purposes only. All information shared is of a general nature and does not take into account your personal situation. You should consider whether the information is appropriate for your needs and where appropriate, seek professional advice from a financial advisor. For more information, please check out wemoney.com.au slash disclaimer. Hi everyone, it's episode 45 of the We Talk Sense podcast. Today is Monday the 7th of September. With only four months left of the year. Can you believe it, Blaze? Time is going past. How are you doing? It is. Oh, Dan, I am going super well. Time is flying. Like 2021, I'm still adjusting to the, the concept of 2021, to be honest. And now we've only got four months left. So I think I'm getting to, going to need to be doing some catch up. How are you going, Dan? How are you feeling about four months remaining of uh, what we thought was the solution to 2020, but has really just been the extinction of a lot of problems that occurred in 2020? I, I just think to myself, in four weeks' time, I'm going to be going up and down the aisles at Coles and Woolies seeing Christmas decorations, and that scares me how mm. fast that's come around. So, look, it's been a bit of a blur, Blazy. So, I uh, am with you. It's going super quick and can't believe we're going to be looking into 2022. Hopefully, it's a lot different than 2021, that's for sure. I'm, I've got to admit, I'm itching to get on a plane and go somewhere. That's That's one of my biggest goals is to... Just get out of Perth for a little bit and explore the world. That's what I'm hanging out for. How about you? Yeah, I yeah, I would just like a lot of people. I would just love to see my loved ones, my friends and family that we you know we've been separated for from so long. But you know, let's focus on today's episode. Which today I'm really excited as always because we're talking about the future right now, about next year. But we're talking about future you and changes to super that senior you will want to celebrate. So we've got that to look forward to. But before we get into that and before we talk about the news, uh, Money Savvy Mama on Instagram got in touch off the back of the episode we did last week about side hustles. And how's this? She said that for her side hustle, she flips things and she loves finding things on the side of the road to sell, which I also love because, you know what, you're finding something for free that would go to landfill and then you're making a profit off it. I don't see any... Like it's only a it's a win win situation, right? So she sent us a message in and said that one day she saw a really big slide, a ten minute walk up a hill from her house on the front verge. So she waited until her kids went to bed, and then she went back to collect. And she was dragging all by herself this huge slide, ten minutes up a hill to get to her house. And her hubby thought she was crazy, but she sold it and made thirty bucks for nothing except for. A lot of grunt work and arm power. How good is that? Oh, man, that is super cool. Look, it's free stuff that you're selling and you're making some money. I mean, how good is that? I just remember somebody coming to my place and, and doing that before. And you know when you put stuff on the on the verd and somebody goes and picks it up, you kind of want it back again. And then you've got to convince <laughs> yourself, there's a reason why I put it on the verge. Take it, sell yep. it, whatever. So uh, yep. good on her. That's, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, having that, it's not, we we talk about buyer's remorse where you get really excited by a product and then afterwards you sort of regret it. It's gift gifter's remorse or the Marie Kondo <laughs> remorse of going, oh, I've gotten rid of something and well, now now that it's desirable to somebody else, I guess it's all comes down to economic supply, demand, the whole thing. Totally. 
And just a reminder, if you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us anytime on Instagram, just like Money Savvy Mama did. So our handle is at GetWeMoney and there's a link in the show notes. Now, Dan, let's talk news. What this week has uh, caught your eye? Nothing beats a good news headline from the We Talk Sense podcast and chucking in something about buy now, pay later. And uh, a- of course. <laughs> we do love buy now, pay later news. Well, a recent survey by Mozo has indicated that a third of shoppers prefer using buy now, pay later as their preferred payment mechanism, which is pretty incredible. And 42% of the users report having a buy now, pay later account for over three years. And wow. Tw- 20% have begun using the service within the last sort of 12 months. So that's pretty interesting. Maybe we're awakening some dormant buy now palette of people that have signed up. Uh, but a really interesting stat is that 16% of shoppers use the service when they're shopping at physical stores. And this is actually down from a peak of 25%, which is super interesting that uh, it's actually decreased. And it could probably have something to do with the pandemic and lockdowns potentially. Mm. But uh, it could also mean that more people are probably using it online. 16%, yeah. You know what, I think I think the decrease of people using it in store would definitely, surely, I mean, I don't actually know because I didn't do the stats myself and I'm not a statistician or a researcher, but surely I'm going to say that the pandemic has had a massive effect on this because there are just so many sh- st- stores that are locked down. And, you know, we all know when lockdown hits, the uh, urge to online shop hits. So itches. Wait, is that the how the saying goes? When I mean, I'm making the saying up right now, but when lockdown hits, the urge to online shop each hits. Does that make sense? I'm going to roll with that. Please, let's, <laughs> let's hope that takes off. Uh, what else have we got in the news? Uh, okay, so we talked about this last week, but it's too important to ignore, and so I really wanted to bring it up again. We talked about the gender pay gap last week and how it had increased to 14.2%, which represents $261.50 per week difference between the average weekly wage of a man versus a woman, so men earning more. And we did talk about it last week, but I wanted to bring it up again because on the 31st of August last week, we had Equal Pay Day. Now, for those of you that don't know, which was me a few days ago, Equal Pay Day is a day used to mark the 61 additional days from the previous financial year that women have to work to earn the same pay as men. Well, like you think about so long ago, we did our episode on the new financial year. That was back on the 1st of July. And then you think almost two, well, two, two months and a day later, is how many more days women would have to work to receive the same pay as men, which is, like we said last week, frustrating. And I just thought it would be important to highlight again. There was a stat on the Equal Pay website that just needs to be shared. And it's that every industry in Australia, every single industry in Australia, has a full-time pay gap favouring full-time working men even in female-dominated industries such as healthcare and social assistance. Like every single industry, that is not a single industry where women earn more than men on a full-time weekly basis, which, I mean, it's just so frustrating. And Australia, we need to do better. It's, It's not good enough. Well, Blaze, coming off the back of that, I think where people can get involved, I mean, the stats are pretty harrowing, but the thing I like about... 
where this website links to is you can go to the Workplace Gender Equality Agency website and there's actually a pay calculator in there that you can use uh, and that your organization can use. So if people really want to find out how that affects their own organization or potentially any, you know, anybody senior listening to this podcast, maybe, you know, giving that a go and having that uh, a look at to see how your own organization stacks up might be a good place to start. But yeah, it's pretty harrowing numbers, Blazy, and uh, keen to see this change and converge. Uh, I think I asked you the questions that are last week, but in terms of you know where where some of the recommendations are going from uh, this article is where, where do they think they can help out to to close the gap? Well, I think the main things are you know building awareness and yeah, gaining leadership commitment. So that can be top down so it can come from leadership or it can come from the bottom up it can be it can can come from the the organization demanding that they raise a, an equity pay issue so yeah there's there's lots of things that can be done awareness is a huge part of it but also change can be made if you're a ceo i mean heck yeah lead run lead the cause run with it run you know be the flag bearer for us and if you're you know not not the CEO in an organization you can still demand it and you can raise it with your human resources or whoever it is your manager um but yeah i think awareness and having the discussions is definitely a fantastic first step to uh to lessening the gap awesome blazy is there anything else that's caught your attention there was one final thing that it, it just made me laugh Car park operators face lockdown havoc was an article i saw on sydney morning herald and it was about airport car parks suffering due to lockdown because no one's paying their extortionate fees to park their car there to travel. And, you know, it just made me laugh because I think the amount of fines that I have got and the amount of money I have forked out, that seems very, very unreasonable for a simple car car park space. I'm like, it's a, I feel like it's a little bit rich coming from the uh, car park operators <laughs> saying that they're suffering. I understand that it's a business, but my personal gripe as someone who's received too many parking fines in her life, it just made me laugh and go, really? Are you really suffering that badly? No, no, uh, no, no. Tell me about it, Blaze. Look, part of, part of me sort of is with you there with, you know, the extortionate amount that airports take from you. But you think about all the hidden costs that are hidden by going to the airport. I mean, paying, you know, $25 for lunch. Um, God oh. forbid you, you have a beer on top of that. You know, you're almost um, not going to find change from a from a pineapple, as they say. And uh, you know, God forbid you want to park your car there overnight and probably pay like 150 bucks. So I think, uh, look, it's it's a business model that's obviously going to suffer during the pandemic. But um, yeah, it's it's super interesting now that people are are going to be traveling. Certainly, going to be traveling internationally all that much. And uh, these businesses are going to figure out how they uh, how they survive the how they survived COVID. Maybe they should consider yeah. doing something else there, like, you know, having a rave on a Friday and Saturday night and turning it into a little nightclub. Oh. I don't know. There's plenty of creative My things gosh. you can look at. Don't just Dan, think about parking really cars, guys. <laughs> yeah, Dan, that's a great idea. So each car park bay, you could have like a little isolated dance cubicle. Everyone gets their own little bay. I think you are seriously onto something. We should pitch it. <laughs> Let's do the it. Car park rave pivot. <laughs> All right, that's enough of car park raves. Uh, put your put your glow sticks away and your dancing shoes away, Dan. And let's chat changes to super. Let's do it, Blazy. Okay, Dan. We've discussed super before, but the superannuation has been in the news so much lately, and I feel like there's been a lot of changes. So let's cover off everything that we need to know about what's changed in super 
and how seeing you will be celebrating, hopefully, because of the proposed and the changes that have happened uh, currently. So, Dan, very brief overview. Remind us exactly what super is. Well, superannuation was a product of the 1990s. So back then we would have thought about cassette players and VHS tapes and the like. But <laughs> uh, the Labor government in the uh, early 90s, in 1992, introduced a solution where instead of you having to screw all away money by yourself and put that into a savings or a retirement account and hopefully wake up at the time you're at 60, 65 and enjoy the bounties of your savings, the reality is that most people don't do that. We kind of live paycheck to paycheck, or we certainly did in the 90s. And the government said to themselves, what can we do to really help people have a forced savings mechanism that will allow you to put some money away and not be able to touch it until you reach retirement age? So that was a simple concept, and it's been a tried, true, and tested staple of Australian life. So if you're an employer, you've got to pay superannuation to people 18 years old and over that are paid more than $450 before tax in a calendar month. So most people that are working part-time or full-time now are going to be receiving that superannuation tax contribution. So if you're employed, you're pre- pretty much getting super, but if you are not employed or you're a freelancer um, like myself, you pay your own super. That's correct, yeah. If you're, if you're self-employed or you work for a business uh, and you pay yourself things like dividends and things like that, it really is up to you whether or not you want to make your own voluntary superannuation contributions. Okay, great. Um, if, you have, if you're curious about super and more about how it came to be and the sort of issues in the structuring of the system, we, dive in, we go into a lot of depth about it in episode six where we talk to Helen Hodgson from Curtin University in detail about it. And if it's something that interests you, I highly recommend you listen back to episode six because she talks about all the issues with how the gig economy is now more of a job structure and how women were sort of not really thought about when it comes to super and about how women take off time for childcare. So highly recommend you listen back to episode six and I'll chuck a link for that in the show notes. So Dan, let's talk about the, the changes that have happened in super recently. I saw a list come out last week. It was a it was the naughty list of super accounts about funds that failed in the super test. What is the test and who made the list? Who was on the naughty list? <laughs> well, boys, I can't believe the government is sort of getting to the point of really, I mean, they're doing a lot of good things. We've talked about Obaki before and now they are putting people on a naughty list. But before we get to that, I just want to say how incredible this is, right? Because, you know, as Australians, we have sort of woken up. Our employer, more or less, has told us to sign a piece of paper. We've signed it. We've accumulated five accounts. And we've got all these superannuation funds. To be honest, I've never even met a person that works in the superannuation fund industry in my entire life. (laughs) There's like this secret squirrel business. But they're managing over a trillion dollars of Aussie's hard-earned savings and it's a about trillion. Time. more than a trillion 1.7 trillion dollars worth Huge. of i know it's monumental and when you think about that you know isn't it about time that we really uncovered you know who's performing well and who's not performing well so i think i it's number one i just want to con- con- commend the government here for this awesome initiative before we get into that let's talk about what the test is so 
The federal government launched the Your Future, Your Super reforms where APRA, the Australian Prudential Regulation Authority, tests each super fund for their performance annually. Now, some of those super funds will either pass or fail the test. This legislation came in this year on July 1, and it's designed to weed out those underperformers to make sure that Aussies get the most out of the super, and it's got the super funds shaking in their boots. Now, you're probably wondering what happens if they fail. Well, if they fail the test, the fund must send a letter to their members to let them know they have underperformed and failed the test. I mean... (laughs) They have to own up. They have to put their hands up and say, oh, sorry, we really didn't do that well. I mean, this is just something else. Uh, This is... (laughs) This is the pressure now that's on these super fund managers to actually meet the benchmark and perform, I think, is, is... pretty good the days of this murky industry operating the darkness are gone and i wonder what how people will feel when they get this letter in the mail saying that superfund has performed and just so people are aware if people are thinking how do i switch my superannuation fund or how do i consolidate or wrap up my superannuation funds well the government has also come to the rescue here right now if you go into my gov you can find, using your tax file number, all the super funds that you've contributed to. And if you've got like four or five of them, you can wrap them up into one provider's account. So it's never become easier to switch a superannuation provider. I'd imagine there's probably going to be a lot of switching activity if these letters start flooding into the mail. Normally, I like to ignore those kind of official looking bits of email or window letters, as my dad likes to call them, ones that are... <laughs> clearly official business but this sounds like the kind of letter that you wouldn't want to miss where they're going oh sorry uh guilty we have really not done a very good job this year you should consider switching 100 i mean i'm thinking if a government mandated that the envelope actually says um your super fund has underperformed it probably will encourage people to open the letter rather than to uh to to not open it blaze but the letter must be sent within four weeks of a failed assessment so if any of those super funds get the big F, the big red stamp, and they've got to let you know within a month, which is pretty good. And the letter must notify the member that switching superannuation funds could result in the member saving thousands of dollars more in <laughs> retirement. <laughs> wow. I mean, okay. to add insult I... to injury, I mean, it's saying yeah. that your competitors, please hurry up, get out of my super fund, go to your competitor because you're going to have more money and you're going to sit more pina coladas at age 65. <laughs> I love this. Do you know what? This reminds me, so they're encouraging you to, is it refinancing or switching providers like we've discussed in relation to many things before, whether it be credit cards, home loans, personal loans, car loans, or now superannuation. They're saying, hey, find a better product because you could be saving yourself more money. I guess this is similar to open banking where, you know, the government is doing things to make finances be more transparent for the benefit of the consumer and i am all about it well absolutely just a very quick interruption the we talk sense podcast is produced by we money we money is a smart money management ad that lets you see all your financial accounts in one place you can even track your net worth and say that on a beautiful graph this week we've released a net worth graph so you can see all your accounts your assets your liabilities your property value hey and even your crypto so why don't I give the We Money app a go? Head to the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store and use the referral code podcast to earn five bucks when you connect an eligible account. And the best thing is the app is free. Now back to the show. 
as a as a showblaze, I don't think we like to name and shame for the sake of it. But I think our our, our listeners should be aware that this is a government endorsed program. It is a government list mm. that is publicly available that people can look at in their own time. So we have to make mention of some of the funds here, and uh, we'll pick a few out because I think some of the bigger ones, you know, will surprise a lot of people that. Uh, if you are part of this fund, you may be looking at getting a letter in the mail. You may have received it uh, already. And some of these funds are pretty big, right? So the Colonial First State First Choice Superannuation Trust. I mean, Colonial State, you've heard these ads on TV. You probably know who they are. That's a big fund that I've seen there that I've recognized. BT, uh, you know, part of the Westpac Group, I believe. Uh, that's the Super My Super uh, product, which has been caught out as a underperformer. Oh my gosh, uh, I switched from them last year when I should have switched my super. I am so relieved that I did now. Oh, amazing, amazing. That is, that's good. Uh, that's excellent that you got out um, before they got caught out. That's, uh, that's really cool. Before and I got the letter. I know, that's amazing. And for the poor employees working at Asgard, uh, which, I mean, the irony here is Asgard is a type of financial planning service. Uh, part oh. of, I believe, the Westpac group. And the fact that our employees are receiving a letter saying they're underperforming, I think, is, you know, a little on the, uh, what I would say, humorous side, but certainly, um, you know, a little bit ironic that people in the financial planning industry recommending superannuation funds have an underperforming fund. So, as good employees, maybe it's time to switch out and find yourself, uh, you know, a better fund. Yeah. If you want to see the full list of the 13 funds that failed, uh, the list is available on the APRA website, and I'll also pop a link for it in the show notes. Fingers crossed yours isn't one of them, but you know it's super easy to switch uh, if it is, so you can find yourself a better deal. Australians who are eligible for superannuation will be pleased that as of July 1 this year, the mandatory rate of superannuation payment from your employer has increased from 9.5% to 10% for one year. May not seem like a huge difference, but it can really add up over the long run. Blazy, you've done some math. I did. You know, I love the Money Smart Compound Interest Calculator. So I thought, you know, a, di- a jump of the super guarantee from 9.5 to 10% doesn't seem like a lot. Like 0.5 of a percent really doesn't seem like a lot, right? But when you put it into the compound interest cal- calculator, you can actually see how much of a difference it makes. So I did the maths based on the most recent stats that have come out, which is that the average Australian salary is, let's say, it's $67,901, let's say 68 to make it easy. If you were on this salary, you would usually, at the rate of 9.5%, be accruing $6,450 a year in super. After 30 years of investing into your super at the estimated annualized returns of 7%, that would grow, your total savings would be $658,000, which is huge, and $458,000 of that would be interest, which is enormous, right? A huge portion of that is interest. But now with the new super guarantee rate of 10%, just a small 0.5% difference, your total savings would be $693,000 which is a difference of $24,000 over a 30-year period just from 0.5% of a change. So that small 0.5% really adds up over time. Wait, that's not all. From July 1 in 2021, 
the super guarantee is legislated to rise by a half a percent in increments each year until it reaches 12% of wages by 2025. So we can expect to see a superannuation increase between 10 to 12% over the next few years. So what does that look like, Blaze? All right, so super guarantee at a rate of 12%, which is what everyone will be receiving as of 2025. After 30 years, using the same maths as before and the same average income, your total savings would be $831,000 and your earned interest would be $579,000, which is huge. So the difference from 10 to 12% of a super guarantee that your super, that your employer pays results in $138,000 more in your super over 30 years. So 2% may not sound like a lot, but when 2% totals $138,000, that is a 2% that I can get around. Well, Blaze, that is absolutely amazing. And it's just that little increment of your rate of super going up has a monumental impact as you head towards those retirement days. Again, if you have forgotten that you can consolidate your super, just head to the MyGov website. If you haven't registered, you can do it. It's pretty simple. And you will be able to see all your super funds that you may have signed up with your tax file number and potentially consolidate them into one fund. And it takes about 10 minutes. So there's nothing to wait. Straight off this podcast, get onto your MyGov, get logged in and just see how much you could potentially be saving on these excessive fees that you're paying all these super funds. And God forbid that you receive that letter in the mail letting you know that your fund is underperforming. Yeah, for sure. I consolidated my super last year. Super easy to do. Um, yeah, log on to MyGov. Highly recommend. And it's a little bit of a bittersweet goodbye from us today because we are taking two weeks off to uh, kick back, relax, and uh, focus on some other things. So we'll be back online on the 27th of September. So we hope you enjoy the break. Don't miss us too much. We will certainly be missing you, but we have some really exciting things planned for when we come back. And if you are ready to dip your toe into the world of investing, then you'll definitely want to be joining us when we come back because we have some really, really big news and something we've been putting a lot of work into preparing for those that are wanting to to, to trial investing and, and really get into the investing, into the whole world of investing. And the biggest favor that you can give Blaze and I is head to the Apple podcast website and please leave us a review. If you love the show and you think somebody else could benefit from listening to We Talk Sense, then hey, why don't you just send them a link and share a topic that might be of interest to help them in their financial lives. We'll even give you a shout on the show. So thank you to Jess and Tracy who have left a comment saying how much they appreciate the show. We love having you listen. That's all from us for now. We'll catch you in a couple weeks' time. Stay safe, stay well, and we will see you then. See ya. Goodbye.